Welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. The Shepherd's Crook exists to provide care, counsel, and resources for pastors. You can get more information at theshepherdscrook.co. My name is Jared Sparks, and I'm a pastor coming alongside other pastors, reminding them of the chief pastor. Hello, and welcome to the Shepherd's Crook Podcast. Hope you guys are all well today. We're going to have a discussion on education today. Pastors, you know how hostile this can be when you start talking about education, when you start laying out a conversation about homeschool, private school, uh, public school, people go crazy. We're going to talk about it today, and specifically, our talking points are going to come from the Good Faith Debate from the Gospel Coalition with Dr. Jonathan Pendleton and Jen Wilkin. Let's go ahead and pray and ask for the Lord's help, and then I want to get into this content. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this time. We ask for a blessing upon the next few minutes. God, I need help as I navigate this, and I want to be helpful to as many pastors and members of churches that are listening to this as I possibly can be. We want to be faithful to your word. God, I pray that people would understand the gravity of the situation that we're in when it comes to the education of our children and where we've come from and how we've gotten to where we've gotten. And so help us to understand this rightly and biblically. Lord, I trust that you're going to help. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, there's no way, really, to have this discussion without offending somebody. Somebody's going to be upset about this because there are so many people that are connected with public school system, so many people that were teachers or are teachers. My mother was a teacher in the public school system, and my father-in-law was a teacher in the public school system. So many people at different churches and Christians that have been involved in public education have deep opinions about this, and many of them are deeply grieved about the state of the public education system across our country and have many questions about how to navigate, and they actually do see that there are massive differences between public education 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and and the state of the education that is present today. So there are a lot of questions. There are a lot of people scratching their heads. And the Gospel Coalition has gone out and put these good faith debates together and are attempting to have or model discussions about hot button issues that Christians typically disagree with and try to do so in a manner that's courteous, that is godly, and uh, all of that. But one of the things that we've noticed, and I think A.D. Robles and a couple other people have made some good comments, and some that I think could be stated in another way, but one of the things that's been pretty obvious about these discussions is that there are there is a careful attention to moving the discussion both politically and theologically leftward. And you can't really follow the Gospel Coalition without this, without recognizing this unless you've not had your eyes open in a discerning manner to everything that's been going on over the last few years. And so a lot of the talking points in this discussion, I think, miss the main heart of the the discussion because there is this, whether known or unknown, agenda to move God's people, especially Reformed, conservative evangelicals, more and more leftward, again, whether realized or not. And I want to explain that by just talking about a few things about education in general and then respond to a few things that that were mentioned in that conversation. And so, Pastor... As you are having this conversation with your people, you have to, you have to communicate to your people the gravity of, of the decision when it comes to the education of our children and the biblical commands around theological education or training of our children. And for those who haven't considered what I'm about to lay out, please think deeply about this because one of the things that I think is going to be missed and hard for people to discern is some of the talking points that Jen Wilkin in particular threw out for people to consider about public school. And because Jen Wilkin has such a following, especially among women, 
because she's so compelling to listen to. And I don't doubt her genuineness. I don't, I don't doubt that she's a sister in Christ. But she is lacking discernment majorly when it comes to her talking points about public education. And there are so many, there's so many women. There's so many people that are going to lean in and nod their head. And we've already heard as she's responded on Instagram, and apparently she responded on Twitter and everything like that, where she's saying that she's been misunderstood. And there's been people that have been reaching out and saying, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We're in the public school system, and we just feel uh, beaten down and all this kind of stuff. And I just want to give some pushback biblically to this, the things that she had said that I think are completely misguided. And so let's go through this and just talk about these points one by one. So the good good faith debate, Jen Wilkin, Jonathan Pendleton, and <clears throat> again, they're trying to simplify or model a good faith discussion about education. One of the things that first popped out at me is that the seriousness of the issue was vastly understated. One of the problems that I've had with these good faith debates is that it's modeling for people what I think is a bad place to be in, which is we can just agree to disagree on these serious issues. Or with all the issues that are being presented, well, the Bible doesn't really speak clearly to this, and we can come to different conclusions on these particular things. And what I think is that clear passages are minimized or pushed to the sides, or implications for, from biblical principles are not pulled out. They're minimized and watered down to the point that we can have this generic unity rather than saying, what does the scriptures clearly say about this particular issue? Let's push the authority of God's word, or not push it, let's acknowledge the authority of God's word in all of these issues because God's spoken clearly about all these issues and we need to be faithful to not just distill this information, but obey as God would have us obey in these particular areas. And so one of the frustrations I've had about this conversation specifically, because I've not watched all these other videos, I've just seen clips, but with this conversation I did watch on Double Time the whole thing, and one of the frustration uh, points, most frustrating thing about it is that it's understated. The importance is understated in the conversation. And the second thing that was frustrating is that Jen Wilkins' conversation points were starting from bad presuppositions from the beginning. Things that were stated, I think, that are going to get people to lean in are things like this. Well, education is a fundamental human right. This is a statement that Jen Wilkins made. And when it comes to being committed to the public school system, we need people who are committed because if you're going to have a healthy society, you're going to have a, a healthy group of people and a, a general population, then you have to be committed in a love your, your neighbor sort of fashion to the society at large. Not just yourself, not just your family, but you've got to be committed to those in your community. We're, we're called to love our neighbor. And when people say things like that, when Jen Wilkins says, says something like that in a compelling manner, everybody's like, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are. Yeah, that, that's right. We've got to do this. We've got to be committed to this. Without, without pushing the presupposition to the scripture and asking some really big questions. For instance, is education, formal education, a basic human right? Is that the case? That, that was stated. Where does that come from? When, when a statement like that is said, we, we can't just say, okay, yeah, hook, line, and sinker. I, I believe that. Jen Wilkins right. It sounds right. Education is a basic human right. Why? Why is that the case? Because the Bible doesn't say that. Education is not, a formal education is not a basic human right in any way, shape, form, or fashion, especially from the government to the constituents within the government. What you end up is building wards of the state, training people, this is a side note, but it's just the truth, you end up training people for college to work for somebody else big corporations that are being funded by the government. What you end up with are people who are compliant to the government. 
And this ebbs and flows down from county to county and down through the history of public public education. But where is it in the Bible that the general population is to be educated? And that I have some sort of moral obligation to contribute to the formal education of people beyond my children. This is a major issue. A major issue. Why is it that when Jen Wilkins says that we have to be committed to the public school system because this is about loving your neighbor, where in the world is she getting that from? That, that is not taking a biblical principle and applying it properly. That's taking a biblical pr- principle and applying it way out of bounds from what, what the scriptures would call us to. For instance, when we think about it, this idea of being committed to the public school system because we love our neighbor, okay, do, that means uh, that the government school, are we to love our neighbor, therefore be committed to a government school system that's promoting secularism and pluralism, which is what she said in there. One of the things that was inconsistent, she talked about maximizing her time. And then at another moment, uh, when, when they're together, because the, the school has their children seven hours a day, uh, the bulk of the day, all these hours that the school is, is training their children in. And she said, well, that actually gave us opportunity to maximize our time. But then later on in the talk, she talked about how the school actually dictated their evenings as well because their children had to do schoolwork in the evenings. How asinine is that? I mean, just think about that for a moment, people. Just honestly, the schools have our children, your children, not ours, our whole church homeschools. The schools have the children, massive amounts of the children throughout this nation, and then dictate the evenings of the families because they are doing homework, they're doing their schoolwork at home. I mean, how crazy is that? How maniacal is that? That the family's lives is, are being dictated not just by the school, not by the sports, not just by extracurriculars, but now these parents have the or these teachers have the audacity to say, now your your night is going to be dictated by me, by our school, by the government, and you're going to have to do this when you go home. Now, what happens? What would happen if a father gets home from work, or maybe you work from home, or a mother if you're working part time or whatever it may be? But what happens? What would happen if, when the children are at home at night? the dad or mom went and closed their door and started doing more work at home. We would all encourage them like, well, bro, what are you doing? Like, stop working, be present with your family. Or, you know, mom, stop working. What are you talking about? What are you doing? Be present with your family. But when it comes to education, for some reason, we're, we're, we're saying that we've got to be committed. It's about a loving, loving your neighbor. And to be committed and to be uh, present at the government school system is to then put a stamp of approval on the government dictating the homes of everybody in this country, basically. Not just for seven hours a day. It's not just seven hours a day, but then dictating the night as well. And somehow this is a love your neighbor issue that Jen Wilkin is, is making us somehow feel guilty if I'm not committed to this system. And by the way, I am committed to this. I have, I'm forced to do this system because I'm paying my property taxes. And we'll get to that here in a minute. So it's not a love your neighbor issue to be committed to a government school program. They are teaching secularism and pluralism, and this is not a good thing. Secularism and pluralism is evil, and that is the opposite of how God has called us to raise our children. Okay, so what, whatever Ephesians 6 means, it doesn't mean here, train our children in the way of, of the world. <laughs> like here world, the uh, friendship with the world is enmity with God. But here, train my children up. Teach them uh, how the world works, how, every, you know, here, here's secularism, here's pluralism. And by the way, Christianity is evil and especially white Christians are evil. So here, teach my children. So we have this moral obligation, we're told, to this government school system. One thing that we have to keep in mind, and this has been evident over the last couple of years, if this, I don't know what it's going to take for people to, to see this, the problem here. We've had some friends, and I actually mentioned it on a podcast uh, recently, but government schools want compliance from children. 
They want you to be compliant over your children. We're going to get to that. We'll just wait on that. We'll, we'll get back to that. Okay, for instance, a problem with uh, government schools. In Illinois, sex education is now mandated. Schools cannot opt out. Even the smallest school, even the most conservative school district, cannot opt out of sexual education with uh, the state-mandated curriculum. There's boy, there's tampons in the boys' bathroom. They're talking, they're, they're being taught gender fluidity, and they're being taught about um, consent at an early age. And why is that? You got to ask these questions. Why is it that consent, sexual consent, is being taught in an earlier and earlier age? And one of the major reasons why is because there is this big push in the overall picture in our country from sexual perverts to push down the age of consent. So the, literally, the government in Illinois is working step in, or just working in line with the pedophiles. And in fact, J.B. Pritzker and his cousin, who is a sexual deviant, they're they're in cahoots here to try to push this agenda down on our children. And Christians are like, whatever, we got to learn to live in the world. You, I mean, we we have to see how insane this is. We have to challenge these presuppositions. And when Jen Wilkins says we have some sort of moral obligation to love our neighbor and we got to do whatever we can to make the government school system as good as it possibly can, no, we don't. <laughs> like that, That's the opposite of everything we're trying to accomplish as Christians. And I am not obligated to fund, or excuse me, I am unfortunately through property taxes, but I don't have this moral obligation to contribute anything to the public school system. I have commands that God has given me to my children, to our Christian community, I have no commands that God has given me to the children of everybody else in our community. None whatsoever. So Illinois is doing this, and we are being forced through these property taxes to pay for the secularization of society. We, right now, in every single nation, or every single state in this nation, we are being forced to, Christians are being forced to, by the government, to pay for further secularization and evangelism from from their side of Christian children. It is, an, it is an absolute undeniable fact that the public school system does a better job evangelizing Christian children than Christian children do evangelizing the public school system. It's just like in the cities. Cities are pummeling urban churches. They are doing a better job affecting Christians than Christians are affecting the city as a whole. I'm not saying that there's not these isolated uh, children and isolated people that are somehow by the grace of God, or isolated churches within cities that are somehow by the grace of God making a positive effect. But to say that we have some sort of love your neighbor obligation is misguided completely. So we had to challenge that. So what does the Bible actually say? Okay, Ephesians 6. We know this. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. The government does not want that. (laughs) The schools don't want children to be obedient to parents. What would happen in the last two years? What happened when parents would say, don't put a mask on at school? What would happen? The children get kicked out of school. That's what happens. Because they don't, okay, what Christian belief, for instance, in creation, gets undermined at school. They, we're, we're doing this work of raising our children the way God would have us, and then it's being undermined, undermined in the public school system. So children, obey your children, uh, parents in the world, uh, in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and you may live long in the land. Is that what is being reinforced to children out there in the public school system? Absolutely not. And then, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord. I have a moral obligation, and so do you, Christian. So does everybody in your church, Pastor. 
a moral obligation to raise your children in the discipline and the instruction of the Lord, the paideia of the Lord, which is the culture of the kingdom, the culture of the ways of God, the ways of, of the people of God. You have this obligation to raise your children in that way. And this is specifically a direction given to fathers. Fathers, because you have a helper, one flesh, and a wife, your wife is going to be the most, the one that's most often delegated this teaching responsibility and training responsibility as you guys are doing this together. But here's the massive question that I have. How on earth, in light of that command, can we conclude that the best way to do this, or an acceptable way to do this, is sending our children to the public school system, to the government, for them to teach them to disobey and dishonor their parents, for them to teach them a different worldview than what we're commanded to raise them up in. How in the world do we come to that conclusion that that's okay? And you might say, well, Jared, well, not everybody has this privilege, like Jen Wilkin. Not everybody has a privilege to do private school, private Christian education, or homeschool. Okay, well, if you see the gravity of the situation, it doesn't matter. The Bible doesn't say, raise your children in the discipline and instruction of the Lord um, if you have the money or the time, if you have the ability. Okay, do whatever you can. Structure your life in such a way where that's a possibility. Well, what about everybody who can't do that? Okay, well, then the church has this obligation to do what they can to help the people within their church, not within their city at large. I don't have an obligation to, to go out into the city of Carbondale and do whatever I can to see that people obey this. I'm commanded to obey this command, and then I'm going to do whatever I can as a pastor of a church, a local church, to make this as accessible as possible and help families make these difficult decisions. But if you realize that the, the, the command that God has given you, okay, quit the job, homeschool at night, do whatever it takes, send them to Christian school, do whatever it takes if you want to delegate that authority to other Christians to, raise, to teach them and to reinforce what God has commanded children to do and be and raise them in the kingdom. But if you're going to somehow push back and say, no, Christians should be helping the public school system. You better have a biblical reason because everything we've just laid out and everything the government is trying to do with the education of, of, of the general populace is antithetical to the way that God has commanded us to raise our children. So whatever it means in, in chapter 6, which is very clear, verse 1 through 3, it's very clear, or verses 1, 1 through 4 is very clear, it cannot mean, here, government, raise my children, teach them. Is that really what we're going to conclude? And so one of the reasons I think it was so misguided, the conversation, is because the gravity of the situation has not been laid out. I mean, how obvious is it to say, if, if we can continue to be committed to the public schools, uh, we're, we're disobeying God because we're not raising our children the right way. And not only that, we are giving our children over to Caesar. <laughs> That's what Votibachum said. If you give your kids to Caesar, don't be surprised when they come out Romans. And for some reason, Christians continue to be surprised when our children come out Romans. I mean, what is it going to take for people to wake up and see that the government schools are not an option? We have to do whatever we can to get our children out of there. And the rare exception to the one that there's like, I don't see how I could possibly do this. The church then has a moral obligation to help them do whatever they can to, to raise their children the way God has commanded them to raise their children. Okay. Oh, this has been helpful. Please consider leaving a rating or review. If you have any questions or comments, please reach out to me. I hope uh, I honor the Lord in this. And again, I wanted uh, to, to help you uh, as you're thinking through this. And I know your people in your church are making these tough decisions, but um, there are some serious things. This is a heavy thing. It's not to be taken lightly. And we need to challenge presuppositions that people present like Jen Wilkins so that people are not deceived. Okay, guys. Thanks so much and have a great rest of your day.